Thank you for listening today. Dr. Lori Hess is a leading exotic animal veterinarian with a busy veterinary practice in Bedford Hills, New York. If you need more information on any Zupreme product or have questions for Dr. Lori, go to our website at www.zupreme.com where you can contact us. Make sure to follow us on Facebook for more information on upcoming podcasts, education, and Facebook fun. Welcome to the Zoo Nation podcast channel brought to you by Zupreme. Zupreme makes healthy food for pet birds, rabbits, guinea pigs, and ferrets. If you're listening today, your home has probably experienced the love and happiness of owning a non-traditional or exotic pet. We know it's a zoo in your home sometimes. Here's Dr. Lori now to help you learn more about the care of that special pet in your home. Hi, I'm Dr. Lori Hess, Director of Pet Health and Nutrition at Supreme, and you're listening today to podcast number 30. Today we're going to talk about what to do when a natural disaster hits and how you can be prepared to protect your pets, whether you have a bird, rabbit, guinea pig, any other animal, even a dog or a cat, to just to make sure that they're safe and they can get out of the house with you safely. And if you have to leave them behind, what you can do also to make sure that they stay safe and okay until help arrives. Um, this is something that's kind of scary to think about, and we all don't like to be thinking about situations like this, but, you know, with, with all the crazy weather conditions we've been having and in the Midwest with hurricanes and tornadoes and uh, flooding and everything else that's been going on, it is something that we should be planning ahead for. Um, a little bit of planning can go a long way, and it, it doesn't take much, but just some time and some thinking and getting your family together so that you're all on the same page when it comes to having a natural disaster. So what are we thinking about when we're talking about getting prepared? Uh, well, I think the most important thing is that you have a plan. Um, you and your family or whoever lives in your home, that you all have the same idea about what you're going to do uh, to get your pets out. Obviously, you should have a plan for yourselves as well, where to go, you know, where to gather, who's taking what animal and who's taking what with them. But if you have to get out quickly, you want to have a plan in advance so that you're not panicking and trying to figure it out when the actual disaster is hitting. So uh, obviously the first plan, the first thing to do is to have a plan. Um, you may want to even write this down, have a little road map, you know, this person takes this pet, this person takes that pet, and you all go out this door and you meet outside at this corner of your property or if you live in a building, uh, a high-rise building or anything with an elevator that you're going down the stairwell and that you're meeting at a certain point, uh, it may be in the lobby of the building or outside depending upon where you live. Um, so plan where you're going to go and um, remember to strategically place the pet carriers uh, in places that you can get to them easily so that they're not up, you know, in the attic buried behind a whole bunch of boxes or in a basement somewhere, that they're really accessible. So if you have to get to them quickly, you can grab them. Um, if you have multiple animals, it's a good idea to assign uh, an animal to each person so that person knows that he or she is responsible for taking care of that pet. 
And then once you have a, a roadmap of where to go, um, you want to plan ahead for what's going to happen next. Once you've gotten out of the house, what are you going to do? Well, obviously, you're going to follow uh, instructions to get to safety. But if you have your animals and you've gotten out of your house and, you know, if there's a fire or something like that happening and you have to leave quickly, um, you want to get your animals to a place where they can stay safely. Um, so you want to make plans ahead of time and locate um, the animal hospitals in your area that can save take in your bird or your rabbit or your reptile or your guinea pig or whatever kind of pet you have that they can take them in. Um, these are typically places unless the animal hospital is having a natural disaster as well. Um, play maybe a place that has a generator. I know that um, I, my animal hospital is in the northeast and during Hurricane Sandy a few years back uh, my animal hospital had a generator. Many people in my area did not and I ended up having over 40 animals boarding in my animal hospital for a period of time because it was really cold and no one had power and for a prolonged period of time and particularly those birds and reptiles that needed heat um, they needed to go somewhere where there was power so having that generator was key to keeping those animals alive and safe and healthy so finding a place like a veterinary hospital or a boarding kennel that takes exotic animals birds and other non-dog cat pets is very important ahead of time there are also some pet-friendly hotels, um, and there are websites you can look on to find out what hotels in the area do take pets. You can look that up in advance, and I would definitely recommend writing that down and having a list and addresses and phone numbers of those places that you could call if you had to to get to quickly and, and board your animal there, stay with your animal there. Um, there are definitely animal shelters, SPCAs, that will take in your animals, and these are all things, again, that you want to find out in advance, have a list, and have that list handed. So if you had to evacuate quickly, you'd have access to that. You also want to have some kind of disaster kit prepared so that if you had to stay, for example, in your car um, or in a pet-friendly hotel for a few days, that you have supplies to keep your pets safe and healthy and happy during the time that you're there until, you know, you have a more permanent uh, plan. So what do you want in your disaster kit? Well, you definitely want to have food and water for at least three days. And, you know, a lot of these recommendations are sort of recommendations we make for people as well, but you want to plan for pet food and water and obviously you know if you have an animal that eats a lot of produce that's going to be very hard but having any kind of dry food food that uh, or canned food food that you can take with you um, if it's a bird you're talking about pellets usually um, having um, some kind of pelleted food. If you have a small mammal like a rabbit or a guinea pig, um, even reptiles, they eat pelleted food. So you can have that handy and sealed off and maybe in a Ziploc bag, easy to carry, something that will last three days. Um, a jug of water, water for you, water for your pets for three days, very, very important. Um, if your pet is on any kind of medications, you certainly want to make sure you have extra of those, even stashed away, maybe even in your car, so that if you can't get to them and they're life-saving medications, that your animal really needs. You want to have extras on hand so that you can take those quickly if you need to. Um, you want to certainly have um, some kind of safe cage or carrier. I mean, the carrier certainly, yes, um, to get out of the house, but if you have a bird, for example, and it can't really stay in that cage, uh, in that carrier, you want to have a little travel cage, for example, that maybe is more appropriate to house the bird in for a few days, something that has good ventilation. Um, 
if you really don't have anything and you have to grab your pet and stick it in a cardboard box to get out, just make sure that you have something stashed away um, that you can set up in a boarding kennel or in a pet-friendly hotel or somewhere that your animal can stay safe and be okay for you know two, three days if necessary. Um, Styptic. That sounds like a crazy idea, but animals break nails, they break beaks if you're a bird, and when there's panic and they're fluttering around and they're stressed if they're being thrown into a carrier, um, if a bird has a, a new feather coming in known as a blood feather and it breaks, it can bleed, you definitely want to have styptic. Um, usually there's little pencils that have styptic on the end. That's that clotting stuff that you know you can pick up in any pharmacy when uh, if you're shaving your, uh, your legs or if you're a man shaving your face and you have a cut, uh, styptic helps us, you know, clot that cut. So that's something that we can use on a bleeding nail or the tip of a bleeding beak if you have a bird. And, and it's a good thing to have available because if a bird panics um, and or, or a small mammal panics and rips a nail off, you want to definitely make sure you have something to promote clotting. Um, Veterinary records. These are, you know, things that you might not think about, but um, if your pet has a medical condition and you have those records in your house and your house gets destroyed, uh, hopefully your veterinarian has records as well, but if your town gets destroyed from some natural disaster, if there's a flood, it would be great to have an extra copy of your pet's medical records Safe, uh, safely stashed somewhere, maybe in your car or, you know, even a little copy in your wallet, somewhere where you're going to have them readily accessible if you really need to, because it's often hard to recreate those records, um, unlike in a, a human hospital where there may be a big database where they can access, um, even if there's a problem. If a veterinary hospital gets destroyed and the software associated with the, the, the computers in the vet hospital get destroyed, it's often really hard to recreate that information. So it's good for you to have a copy. Um, bedding is another thing you want to think about. If you have a bird, you know, all, all you need for bedding is newspaper um, for most small mammals as well. Uh, guinea pigs, rabbits, uh, chinchillas, shredded newspaper is fine. Um, if you want to get fancier than that and you happen to use recycled paper bedding in your small mammal's cage, you can have an extra bag of that on hand. Um, some kind of blanket is nice too if you have an animal that um, is in a cage and you want to keep out the draft, you can uh, take a towel or a blanket and wrap it around the cage. Um, for some small animals, they like to cuddle in and feel secure inside a little towel or a blanket inside their cage. So having one set aside is, is a nice thing to plan for as well. Um, your pet's favorite toys, something that will make them feel comforted. Um, it doesn't have to be big things, but maybe something that you could just take with you and give to your pet just to make that animal feel a little more secure, a little more or um, at ease, particularly if there's a lot of chaos going on uh, in a natural disaster and, and you do have to stay somewhere else for a period of time. Um, cleaning supplies. If you have to clean your animal's cage, say in a pet-friendly hotel, you'll want to have something to do that with. So um, some soap and water. If you have to you know, use some travel wipes, you can use travel wipes um, in your animal's cage as long as you wash off any of the residue of the, the disinfectant or the soap that's on, on those wipes. But those are great to have handy um, to disinfect things with. Um, other things you might want to think about that you might not be at the top of your, your uh, mind set is any kind of treats that will make your pet feel comfortable wherever you have to stay. Something to make that animal feel at ease, um, a little calmer, something to focus on, uh, you know, if they're in a strange setting. 
Uh, now, some other things you may want to think about in preparing for a natural disaster, something that most people don't think about is microchipping your pet. Um, if you're not aware, microchips are little teeny uh, computerized chips, basically, that are about the size of a rice grain. And we do put them in all kinds of animals. We put them in birds, we put them in small animals, and we can even put them under the skin of a reptile. Um, it looks like a big injection. Um, it's very quick and it's not painful at all. It's just a little injection that uh, we use a little bit of local anesthetic when we put it in the animal but they're really phenomenal to be able to use in animals and you hear about them in dogs and cats all the time you don't always hear about them in exotic pets and birds but they can be wonderful life-saving things because birds fly away and even if it's not during a natural disaster um, you know birds do get out and fly away uh, small animals scurry and get lost they run very quickly uh, you know guinea pigs and chinchillas and rabbits can hop away and get lost. Um, and if you do have to leave your animal behind for some reason in a natural disaster and they're microchipped, uh, when rescuers go back and they find pets, sometimes it's hard to associate or relocate uh, a pet to its owner. So having a microchip can be a wonderful thing because if that animal is then brought into an animal shelter or a veterinary hospital, um, there's what we call a universal scanner, which is this little sort of wand that can be waved over the pet's back where the microchip is or the usually in a bird the microchip is put um, in the breast muscle um, and and when that's put in if you wave the wand over the animal uh, the chip number comes up and it has information about who the owner is so you should definitely think about uh, and talk to your veterinarian about having your pets microchipped and then certainly keep that information about your pets microchip if you do this the identification number handy so that if you do have to evacuate during a natural disaster you have that information and you can go back to a local shelter or veterinary hospital after the disaster has subsided so you can try to find your pet but this is not something that most people think about and something that can truly uh, make all the difference to you getting your pet back in the future. Um, having your pet up to date on vaccines, well we don't think about many vaccines when it comes to exotic pets, but one thing to think about is if you do have, for example, a ferret. Um, ferrets need to be vaccinated for rabies because they can get rabies. So, um, and most places where ferrets are legal pets, and they're not legal everywhere in the U.S., but um, they are legal in many states, many states require that you rabies vaccinate uh, your pet ferret and even distemper virus vaccinate your pet ferret because those are viruses that can be deadly um, and they are easily transmittable from dogs to ferrets. And if for some reason you had a natural disaster and your ferret uh, was left behind or got out or even had to board in a kennel where there were dogs, that ferret is now potentially uh, exposed to rabies and distemper virus. And you do want to think about vaccinating your animal, your ferret, for example, to those viruses so that your pet is protected in case the animal is around some strange uh, uh, foreign dogs or, or, or animals that you don't know the medical history on that potentially could be carrying these deadly viruses. So making sure your pets are up to date um, in their medical records and making sure they're healthy, very, very important so that you don't have any undetected illnesses that you have to deal with. For example, uh, birds often get very, very stressed during changes in their environment. Um, a natural disaster certainly is enough to elicit panic in anybody, but in an older bird that has atherosclerosis, which is when they deposit cholesterol in the lining of their big blood vessels that come out of their heart, 
heart, same as we do as in people, um, when they get very stressed, they often can't pump blood to their brain as quickly as they need to, and they'll pass out, they'll faint, just like a person who has severe coronary artery disease. And you might not know that your bird has this until the stressful situation arises. So you don't want to find that out, that your bird is passing out in the middle of a natural disaster from all the stress that's going on. So making sure that you keep your pets up to date and, and regularly checked by a veterinarian. If you knew that your bird had that condition, there are things that you can do, medications that you can give, um, precautions that you can take if you had to move your animal in a very stressful situation very quickly. Um, so that's very important as well. And unfortunately, we all do have to think about the idea that if for some reason we can't take our pets with us and you have to leave them behind for some reason, um, you want to have a plan for that as well. Sometimes it's not possible to take all your animals out and we have to take chances with them and leave them behind. It's, it's very sad to think about, but you do want to have a plan for that as well. So thinking ahead, where in your house would be the safest place to keep your pet bird, your ferret, your rabbit, your rodent, your reptile? Where could you put that cage so that it's away from uh, a lot of windows that could shatter? Um, where in an in, in interior area in the house, is it uh, warm enough for that pet? Um, is there Are there strong barriers? If, for example, there were uh, a tornado or something like that, you know, going downstairs in a basement where they might be safer if there are a lot of winds, if the roof collapses, um, all things to think about. I mean, not pleasant things to think about, but disaster preparedness for your pet um, just in case they have to stay and you evacuate and you're not there to care for them. Very, very important to have a plan as well. So, these are all things that I hope um, will give you some forethought and uh, that you can take some notes on and talk to your family members, have a written plan, have all of your supplies ready, be ready to go. Hopefully you'll never ever have to deal with this, but it's better to be safe than sorry and to plan ahead. Um, I, I have a plan for my pets at home and I have a distinct plan at the animal hospital where my employees know exactly who takes what animal wear, um, where we're meeting outside and, you know, how we deal with contacting authorities and, and trying to be prepared as best we can. So um, just remember when you're listening to Zoo Nation um, throughout these episodes, you can follow our Zupreme Facebook page where we're going to have posts before every show where you can ask questions uh, for me to answer on the show. And you might have specific questions about today's uh, podcast or maybe there's something else you'd like to talk about. You'll also see some sneak previews there uh, to episodes that you may have missed uh, in the past. So please do take a look at our Facebook page. And if you have any specific questions, feel free to contact us at 1-800-345-4767 or at customercare at zupreme.com. This is Dr. Lori Hess, and thank you so much today for listening to Zoo Nation. Thank you for listening today. Dr. Lori Hess is a leading exotic animal veterinarian with a busy veterinary practice in Bedford Hills, New York. If you need more information on any Zupreme product or have questions for Dr. Lori, go to our website at www.zupreme.com where you can contact us. 